Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is this is going to make me want to renounce my faith at the end of the episode, isn't it? To think she was called the weirdo with a beardo. This is stupid, isn't it? Yeah, this, this episode's all over the place. I'm having a good time. <laughs> Whenever you want, Tissy. Hello, and welcome to Weird Tales and the Explainable. Your host today. <laughs> oh, God. I really thought you were going to nail it. I was like, you're listening to, and then yeah, I. Did you yeah, say explainable? Your host, as always, me, Bob Beef. Hey. Yo. Say. All right. Yeah. We're in. Cool, that's cool. good. I have got a stinking headache tonight, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> push you got on. a stinking headache. Yeah. Is that because you got kicked up the bum? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you want to know what that's about, let's wait till the end of the episode because I'll put it after the outro music. <laughs> yeah, it's quite an epic story, to be fair. Um, how are you guys doing? Obviously, I know how you guys are, but um, for the sake of the listeners. Um, I've just got back from my holiday, and that was lovely, and I'm having terrible time with my mortgage and that's me beef uh yeah not bad uh work's busy we, we are going on holiday as well but not for ages and it's yeah uh yeah i'm all right great how are you tess yeah i'm sound sound brilliant yeah ups and downs isn't it but uh yeah Ups and downs, mate. Get in there. Get in there. We sat there topless. We need to get that in so the listeners know that you are sat there topless. <laughs> Is it warm in Bristol? It's really it's been fucking muggy warm. Here. It's really It's really close here. Really yeah. muggy. It's, it was hotter in Montenegro, but it's way more unpleasant here. Yeah, it's unpleasant. It, that's yeah. exactly the difference. It's different. Thirty degrees here is very different to thirty degrees in Mallorca. It was it was about thirty two in Montenegro, and it didn't feel awful. It felt lovely. I was walking around as brie. It just felt nice. I came back here mm. and it was like thirty, and I was like, "Kill me! This is awful." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's English heat. Thirty is degrees in the, the UK worst, is just horrible. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. The heat in this country is fucking <sighs> a bit shit, isn't it? I went to um, I'll tell you one thing I did. I'll give it a shout out. Um, cinema lovers, they're one of the oldest cinemas in the country is in Leeds. Uh, Leeds has a bit of film heritage history and stuff. And it 
has been being renovated for the last three three years through donations and sponsors, and it reopened. It reopens tomorrow, but we went to it last night as a opening night for people who sponsored the refurbishment, and it's wonderful. So if anyone ever comes to Leeds, I would like to recommend visiting Hyde Park Picture House because uh, it's really wonderful building, and it's been refurbished to be like it always has been this over a hundred year old cinema. And, nice. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. So that's where I was last night. What did you see? We they played um the Peter Sellers film, uh the the smallest show on earth. It's a nineteen fifties film. Okay. And it's about a rundown old cinema that gets brought back to its former glory. Oh, okay. Which is why they oh, showed cool. it. Yeah. So uh it was wonderful, yeah. will they start getting some of the classics and some of the will they, they get, they, um, it's a really good cinema the Barbie they, movie. they do a mix of the new films but also like documentaries international films old reruns and stuff like i'm going to the um african cinema film festival in a couple of weeks there and stuff they get a really good range of of on their program mm. but that that's high pop picture house i have nothing like that to recommend around here we're uh what, what are we talking about tonight tess um, we're talking about the Satanic Panic. Mm, I knew that, so okay. yeah. I'm not surprised. He, let slip. <laughs> <laughs> he messaged me and Beef to say, have we already done this? It was a mm of interest, but not surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I messaged you guys because I couldn't find my little blue book with all the list of the stuff which we've already, <laughs> which we still yet to do. Um, I'm sure we'll get around to it all. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, do you guys know anything about the Satanic Panic? I know nothing other than those words that you just said. You don't know anything about Satan? I know a little bit about Satan, and I know a little bit about panic. It was basically a lot of um, parents panicking, wasn't it, about, um, about Satanism. They're anything, they were panicking about the kids getting into satanic rituals and stuff and they thought it was too much of it in the media yeah well that still happens doesn't it that's not finished it's it's almost i said to becca it's no different now to like the trans panic parents are scared of trans people because they're going to turn their kids trans no they're not yeah it's that stuff there's always a new panic well i mean QAnon, um you could say is a kind of continuation of the same satanic panic where you've got the cabal of secret paedophiles yes. and that's you know that people believe that there's always a new thing that um yeah. people are getting their knickers in a twist about and it's normally parents worried about what their kids will think to things and the thing is kids actually are very resilient and yeah. don't everything's new to them so they're not like influenced by evil things they're just like okay they take things in their stride if you just tell them how it is yeah they take it in their stride they're very accepting. They're more intelligent than you think. Definitely. It's also uh, Christians. It's main, mainly Christian parents, right? Evangelical. Like, surely this satanic... There was a lot... Of, well, it was mainly in America, yeah. Surely this satanic panic hasn't finished. People are still scared of Satan and what he's going to do to their kids. Like, I remember saying this to my granddad. We were talking about this months ago. I've probably shared this before. Who cares? I'll share it again. That... Um, he remembers when he, he was going to church in the 70s. So my granddad wouldn't have been in his 20s. No, wait. old. Anyway, doesn't matter. Older than that. Um, uh, like Obviously, Jimi Hendrix is all the rage. Mm-hmm, Hendrix yeah. is... Everyone's gone mad for Hendrix. And he said that his church banned electric guitars 
because they thought they were from Satan. Yeah, and there you go. He said he remembers at the time thinking it's a bit much. Probably isn't. It's probably fine. Mm. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's it's really interesting. So, sorry, obviously with my job, I do a lot of um, like I, I'm I'm the safeguarding lead for our church. So, spend a lot of my time writing policies and all sorts of stuff. And um, the one thing that's really it's not really been defined. If you go online, you couldn't find a definition, an official definition for it, but it definitely exists, um, which is um, spiritual abuse, which is kind of like, if you go in the media, it's going to be, you don't have to look very long before you find a church pastor or someone who's abused their, like the, the people in their church. But there's a big shift now, like between, so obviously it's kind of, up until now, it's mainly been, people that have sexually abused the people that go to their church but now it's moving to like understanding that abuse is more like involved in like emotional and psychological oh right okay so pastors telling people they have to believe certain things or they go right. to hell or or you've got to give this much money financially taking advantage of their status yeah exactly manipulating and being coercive yeah. basically so it'll be really interesting over the next five ten years or so to see how much that shifts in church because that uh, it won't be long before this is i mean some of it's law now but it's not long before all of this is law and it will involve all the trans stuff it will involve lgbtq plus stuff it's gonna involve all of that so it's a really interesting time to be in church to be honest and satan is still panicking people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, there was a in terms of the phrase satanic panic though there was like an actual like period of time which is dubbed like the satanic panic where they were really going overboard it was like okay D, you can't have your kids playing D, it's satanic yeah oh my like gosh. everything that's one i know because there's like some creatures that might be like monsters and it's satan it's kind of how how like um some Christians, especially in America, got the knickers in a twist about Harry Potter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, come on. Like, it's the the real overly panic. But I'm sure Tiss is going to give us some examples of mad satanic panic stuff. Was D&D one of them? D&D was one of them, yeah. Yeah, because that was a major one. When D&D... Because it's like the 80s, isn't it, really? Yeah. 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 But the funny thing is, right, like, so obviously... You guys both know my brother Josh. He works. Yep. He's a storm manager for the Entertainer. So the Entertainer for listeners is, uh, I don't know if it's outside the UK. It's probably not. Um, I don't think it's so. A toy, toy store. Yeah. Toy shop. Um, but it's it's run by a Christian guy, and they don't sell Harry Potter toys because, you know, evil. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I used to go to the Entertainer in Amersham a lot when I was younger. Yes, yeah, so you can't. You won't find Harry Potter stuff in their stores. Mm. Uh, which my brother doesn't. He's like, I don't get involved in that. It's just my job. Like, <laughs> But um, but I just find it bizarre. I'm like, have you seen Lord of the Rings? Like, have you seen it? The ima- like, how is that not any darker than Harry Potter? Like, are you kidding me? But only because any, any um, fantasy stuff is yeah, plays like, in the same good and evil. Like that is the genre. It's, it's full of it. But you know, good old Tolkien was a Christian, wasn't he? So it's almost like Christians have gone. Yeah, but he was a Christian, so it doesn't count. It's like what about Star Wars? Do Christians have an issue with Star Wars beef? Uh, no, because that's kind of fantasy, good and evil, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's. They don't really. It's. Do you know what's really funny? What people, what Christians get their knickers in a twist about? It's funny. Yeah, it just makes no rhyme or reason. I don't understand. Like last year, I found. Um, so we took Joel to go and see the Buzz Lightyear movie. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, thought it was brilliant. Loved it. Oh, there's really a bit, everyone got their knickers in a twist because there's a gay couple in it, right? Yeah. And it's like literally just, it's a very, they're not main characters it's, really. It's also not the focus. The, no. The, the narrative behind that part is, hey, look at look at Buzz. Look how sad he's, he's missing everything. Yeah. Like he's he's sacrificing his life and spending time with his friends for the sake of this mission. Like that's that's what Disney are driving. But what is what people are saying? The people that are panicking are saying by putting gay people in kids' films, they're telling kids to be gay. Yeah, which is obviously crap. Which is nonsense. Yeah, of course it is. Because <laughs> there was the other Disney film that came out last year that was the same problem. Strange World, the Jake Gyllenhaal one, that had a gay yeah. character, one of the main characters, and that's gay. And um, right. he's young. He's like a young gay teen, and he wants to impress this other guy. That's like one of the subplots of the film. Yeah. And and the dad's like cool with it. He's just like, yeah, it's not made a big deal of, and it's kind of set in a more futuristic world where people don't really worry too much about stuff. But that was like boycotted, protested against. Yeah. I watched it recently. I was like, what are they fucking worried about? It's it's mad. Yeah. It's just the reality of it, isn't it? Like we live in a world where there's there's gay people, there's trans people, there's lesbians, there's whatever. There's a, a an enormous range of different people who identify as different different genders, and that's like just the world we're growing up in. And it's I, I like it's funny. Like Josh Joel talks about it occasionally, and it, it's like yeah, I I don't I don't know. Like you say, kids are kids are very very understanding. Yes. And accepting. If you meet a kid and they say, why haven't you got a girlfriend if I was single? And I said, oh, I don't like girls, I like boys. They wouldn't be like, what? They'd just say something like, why haven't you got a boyfriend? Yeah. They adjust yeah. to things very quickly. They don't yes. think, oh, that doesn't take them aback really. They just go, oh, okay. Because like I say, everything's new to them. So everything's like, oh, okay, well, what about this then? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. Well, I was, thinking, I was talking to Becca about it yesterday, actually. I said... Isn't it weird how... Because we I said about Tissa and the Satanic Panic and I sort of likened it to the, the trans panic stuff now. And I said, isn't it weird actually how much worse it's got? Because I remember one of the first Big Brothers had a trans winner and no one was really that bothered about it. In fact, they won. Who was it? Do you remember Nadia? When, Nadia, it was like Big yes. Brother 2 or 3. It was just like... It was like one of the things where when it was on, people were like, did you know she was born a man? And then that was kind of it. And then everyone liked her and she won Big Brother. And it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. It was like, yeah, Nadia wins. They weren't saying like, oh, is it a he or is it a she? They were just like, she won. It wasn't a thing. And that was like 10 years yeah. ago. It was more than 10 years. It was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like, um, uh, so I obviously, like, you know, obviously growing up in a very Christian family and lots of the sort of stalwart, old-fashioned, great grand, you know, great aunts and uncles on Facebook one of my great uncles was really hammering away at the like just drags, just drag queen stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I just showed Rachel and shook my head, and I was like, who, who did they think? What did they think about Lily Savage? Like, what? Who was Lily Savage? Exactly. Like Lily Savage had prime time TV slot in the nineties on BBC One. Like, so what's the big deal? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, what about is Lily Savage? Uh... Oh fuck! I'm trying to think of his name. Eddie Paul O'Grady. Paul O'Grady. No. Paul... Oh, okay. Oh, but yeah, Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. Yeah, example. yeah. And what's his name? Barry Humphreys was Dame Edna. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like I don't. I just don't get it. It's funny, but they're making them laugh, so they'll they'll let them off. Yeah, but you watch RuPaul. How's that? That's no different, no. is it? It's like 
It's I don't I don't know. I know. I, I really and it's something that we're very aware of, obviously with with our kids wanting to make sure that they have a just a good opportunity to explore faith in a in a and actually we I'm so grateful that we're a part of a church that's affirming, we're part of a church that doesn't really have an issue with any of these things. And the interesting thing is, actually, I think it's a really healthy environment because we do. We do have people um, who, because of their upbringing, have probably got issues with some of these things. Mm. Um, but they love the church. So it's like, okay, let's just see what happens and see where this thing goes. And it's almost like, don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and it's really interesting seeing how some people have changed their opinions because of it. And it's like... Which is great. Um, anyway, sorry, that's a big tangent. Just, I, I put a lot of it down to people just like not being out in the world enough. Like, yeah. So all these people say if someone's like is says something incredibly homophobic, and I'm around, I'm just like, have you ever met a gay person? It's just a person. Like, yeah. if, I just think they don't. They yeah. haven't met enough people. Yeah. No. This is the issue. Is is it? All of this changes when you meet someone. Yeah, they're not that scary. Yeah, it's like well, you should say the same about any sort of bigotry, any like racism, any of that stuff. It's like, you know, scared white old woman in a village who's never left it. Like, have you ever met a black person? It's just a person. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. same as anything. Like, some people suck and some people are great. That goes for like whatever type of, whatever person that is. But um, yeah, we're sort of getting off track a little bit. We kind of. A comparison, but it's um, is there's too much to talk about there? Yeah, it's quite it's quite apt. Yeah, it's all about panic. It's I think all panic. hopefully it's not too yeah tangential. But I, I literally had someone, my boss, who's now my old boss, because I'm um, starting a new job on Monday. But um, he was on site the other day, and he was just being really awkward and trying to make small talk. And I swear, he just launched into this. Oh well, the white, the white. He said this country's fucked. Um. Which it is, but his reason <laughs> was that the white man has no power now, and it's like, he's like, oh, but if you're anything else, and he started listing, you know, black, transgender, gay, and he was just, it was just, you know, you've heard the rant a million yeah. times, probably. I work on a building site, so yeah, I've definitely heard it. And it's it's so tiring. It's just like well, oh, all it is is when sake. when when power gets distributed more fairly, the the white man who's had all the power is inevitably going to lose some of that. Because you're not not listened to, you're just more on equal. The idea is that everyone's going to be trying trying to get everyone on more equal footing. Yeah. But the thing is, that feels mm. bad to the white man because they're losing power in that situation because they're the one who's held it all. But that's because they're under the illusion they think that that's this is their country when it's not. It's just a a body of land mm. surrounded by water. That's all it is, and you happen to be born here. This is um this is the issue. Like obviously, you guys know that. Our church works with Ukrainian refugees, mm-hmm. which is right. That's a good thing to do. But there was a real stark thing a few months ago, and it just really hit me square in the face. Just um, uh, so one of my friends who I work with, she was like, "Oh, could you? Um, we've got this lady from the council today. She's coming um, to pick up some f- some furniture for some refugees." And I said, "Okay, that's fine." And she arrived, and I, said, I was like, "Where is this furniture? Like, normally we keep all of our furniture in a in." Um, like a big storage container, one of those big shipping containers, right? Obviously to keep it from the elements, but it's full. It just so happens it was totally, totally full. When I arrived, there was all this furniture underneath the tarpaulin. And um, and I looked at my mate and I was like, 
what that I was like this furniture that's been rained on for the last like three weeks like that that's what they're picking up for this refugee family it's like what where have these refugees come from and she went she went oh we're um Iran I think or Afghanistan I can't remember which country and I'm like so in there in our church building we've got maybe 40 Ukrainian refugees eating eating food like a really nice lunch they get so many opportunities loads of um, opportunities to work and to, to settle into the English um, society and it's like that's right that's good obviously I agree with that but why can't we do this for all refugees like why have we got that and then you've got this one family having to pick furniture from underneath a pissed on tarpaulin like where's the um, I then learned that it wasn't our furniture I was fuming I was like why have we done this and I was they're like no 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 it's not our furniture the council dumped this furniture and I'm like okay why like i just don't but it's it is isn't it it's like some refugees are more important than others which is just insane yeah it's just the country we live in it's like that's i'm just... wondering how many people are listening to this episode are like really fucking grumbling at the stuff i'm gonna switch off yeah well you know what if you don't like it listen <laughs> <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see. I thought you meant just like, oh, this is a miserable one. I'm going to turn it no, off. No, just but, like um, the people who still have got yeah. this far. They've got to episode 196, and they're only just understanding like um, our politics. Some, some of our politics. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. that would happen. There, but... there, there surely aren't any left. I don't think so. I think we've been quite outspoken on that a few times. I think they've gone. Yeah, I think I think they've already gone. I think we've had quite a few complaints about how yeah. outspoken we are about <laughs> yeah, our views. I to think be we have, yeah. I think we might have um, had them, yeah. Right, so let's talk about some more Satanic Panic stuff. Cool. Um, so, yeah, like you said before, the Satanic Panic was an actual sort of moment in time. That's the, the label ascribed to it. Um, and it was the rise of... Ev- it was preceded by the rise of evangelical Christians in America, mainly. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, I think it was North America and Canada that was the one that was, you know, that was where the shit was going down i don't think england had it at all it, you know maybe rumblings of it we probably got some cultural like rub off from america like we always seem to yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. apparently i've 100%. not watched stranger things but apparently stranger things is based around the time of the satanic panic as well yes because they're all like D players in that time and stuff yeah exactly D&D and features i guess heavily into the again i've thing. not seen the show but is that something to do with monsters and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. something so yeah, where to start? I mean, um, I can find a few examples of uh, people that weren't safe from the wrath of evangelical Christians. We've touched on it already. Star Wars. So Star Wars was definitely big into panicky. Satan. People were big into Satan. Is uh, the old Star Wars? Uh, got a video here. What of Star Wars? Do you want sound or or image? Actually, then again, the sound. Should I put the sound to the mic, Bob? Do you want? Do you usually? Yeah, that, rip that'll it work. If this? we can hear it, and it's just the sound gives us enough information, that's easier to do. Right. Star Wars and demons. Is it possible Yoda was actually inspired by an ancient demonic entity? I've got to show you the picture. Oh, for goodness' sake! Right. Okay. That's uh. A scripture, I guess. What? Where is that that image of Yoda from? Just like an old scripture, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I think he's probably going to explain it. And but... it's and it's an image of a demon in that potentially. 
apparently. So yeah. it's a picture of listeners. It's a picture of like, um, well, it looked kind of like Yoda, didn't it? <laughs> it's a green. It does look a bit a like green Yoda, yeah. Of big, big ears and <laughs> a, a robe. Although full sized. But an adult sized, yeah, human sized. Adult sized. Obi Wan sized. Now, this picture right here is from an occultist known as Eliphaz conjuring up a demon. This picture comes from one of Manly P. Hall's books. The picture you see on the bottom left is of the demon Yoda from Manly P. Hall's 33rd degree Freemason. An encyclopedia outline of Masonic, Hermetic, Kabbalist, and Rosicrucian symbolical philosophy. Okay, that is the black uh, right. figure. Right, okay. That's the Yoda from Manly P. Hall's... So it's the picture you see on the bottom left. It's a little black figure. Was that called Yoda? Was it called Yoda? Is the de- is is of the demon Yoda from Manly P. Hall, degree Freemason, uh, Masonic, Hermetic philosophy. The thing is, it's two it's two syllables. It can be possible to have the same name and not be directly influenced by it. So what they're saying, George Lucas was putting satanic satanic imagery and and wording in in his scripts. Yeah, apparently. This is stupid, isn't it? Pushing pushing a satanic pushing a satanic satanic uh, message onto the populace by putting by using Yoda from one scripture and using a green image from another scripture, which he definitely didn't ever see in his life. <laughs> Isn't it just possible? I always think this, like when you know, when you get um, you get like some artists and they write a song and then they get taken to court because it sounds like a song that was written 20 years ago. It's like... Yeah, that happened recently with a quite a big song. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran got sued sounding like the Beatles or something, didn't he? Something like that. I think he said he was going to quit music if he got found guilty because it's ridiculous. Yeah, but Paul McCartney himself years ago said, oh, that's going to happen more often because there's only so many notes and there's only so many orders they can go in. So yeah. as time goes on, they're going yeah, to be yeah. like accidental perjury or whatever. Unless you make um, microtonal music, which explores the space between the established tones in the West. Have you been doing that, Tess? It's like, um... like a sitar or, you know, there's plenty of other instruments. Well, they were into that as well. That's Georgie from the Beatles, interested in sitars yeah. and stuff. Well, they knew their shit about tones, yeah. big time. Uh, fretless guitars. So that's it, and it, didn't he say it was... Um, I'm pretty sure he said it was four four chords. Like, the uh, the pop world, like the pop scene. Mm. Um, oh, it favours It's like the same four... Chords or something, yeah. Four particular chords, yeah. just because that's the way pop music yeah. works. It's based around these these sounds. Well, it's like um, status quo. The joke is that they're the four chord band, yeah. isn't it? That every song they've ever written has got f- just four chords. Well, no, the joke with them was that they're a three chord band. <laughs> as if three chords, is it? <laughs> yeah, they led into it because eventually, didn't they release an album called the Fourth Chord? Right. Okay. That's genius. They did lean into it after a while. And I was kind of like fair play. <laughs> Jokes on everyone else. It was just the third chord backwards or something. Um, right, let's uh, let's hear what this guy's got to say. Eliphas Levi, a 33rd degree Freemason, the famous British occultist, is pictured here conjuring up a demonic entity, doing a demonic ritual invoking the demon Mephistopheles. So Eliphas is a famous French author and occultist. He was born in 1810, died in 1875. So Eliphas Livezad, born Alfonso Luis Constant, was a French esoteric poet and author of more than 20 books about magic, Kabbalah, 
alchemic studies, and occultism. And this right here is Manly P. Hall, another famous occultist. He's a Canadian writer. Manly Palmer Hall was a Canadian author, lecturer, astrologer, and mystic. Over his 70-year career, he gave thousands of lectures, including two at Carnegie Hall, and published over 150 volumes, of which the best known is The Secret Teachings of All Ages. He was born in 1901 in Canada and died in 1990 Los Angeles. So yeah, this is that occultist Levi that I just talked about in the beginning. And this illustration of Levi conjuring up a demon is taken from one of Manly P. Hall's books on the occult. Now this demon looks very similar to Yoda. And Manly P. Hall's book is not the only place where a Yoda-like entity is seen. Yoda is a Tao figure in a 14th century manuscript looks familiar. A religious volume from the early 1300s includes this image of a monk who resembles the Jedi Master Yoda of Star Wars films. So yeah, this is not a hoax, this is from a real manuscript during the 14th century. And often these religious manuscripts had a lot of weird doodles such as this. So yeah, this Yoda looking entity was also in an ancient religious manuscript from the 14th century. You also find this Yoda entity in an ancient Polish manuscript around that same time, 14th century. Okay, this Yoda entity. Do you know what, say. all these, the thing is though, it's, it's very easy to say these look like Yoda, but all Yoda is, it's a face with big ears, isn't it? Loads of things look yeah. like that. Loads of old, like, images of yeah. elves look like that in old fantasy books. Yeah. That predate Star Wars. Yeah, it is a little bit like elves, isn't it? How come this bizarre-looking entity has been spotted throughout the world? And then also a Yoda stonehead found at Hopton Church in Norfolk, <laughs> also from around 13th, 14th century. This is just <laughs> nonsense. Clutching. <laughs> So, so this is sorry. Listen, this is a picture of a guy just holding an old bit of stone with of something that doesn't look like Yoda at all yeah. carved into it. It's so clutching at straws. That is ludicrous. All right, that's I'm gonna. The die. thing is, the thing is with Lucas is that he does take influence from all over without any rhyme or reason. Maybe he did see some of those images. He wasn't thinking, I'm going to sneak this demonic message in. He was just thinking, that looks cool. That's what he does. He Star Wars is based yeah. on stuff he pulled from old Kurosawa movies and old, um, like, it's westerns, it's samurai movies, it's World War II dogfight movies. That's what he does. So maybe he did see that. Yeah, or something that looked like it. It doesn't mean anything. Well, I mean, it just, yeah, of course. Like, if you see something cool... You're going to copy yeah. it. And if someone says, oh, that's satanic, though, you're going to be like, so fuck, I'm not a satanist. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah, and he's very open about, like, he pulls from all over. It's not like he's, like, trying to, like, well, I made it up. He pulls stuff from all over. And actually, that's probably some concept artist who pulled from somewhere. It's probably Ralph McQuarrie or something. Yeah. I mean, all of this is, like, is hinging on the fact that using the image of satanistic beings is in any way actually bad you know what i mean like, i love that they keeps referring to it as this yoda entity <laughs> this yoda entity yeah and it's like right <laughs> there's, there's there's two there's two things with with all of this right so i think um because there's there's like murmurings around church at the moment not our church just obviously globally like if you keep your ears to the ground long enough like Okay, it's almost like we're like you say, it is the trans stuff, but it's it's broader than that. I think it's the you know, it's probably more LGBT, uh, includes you know, including the whole the whole thing rather than just a trans issue. Almost like blaming blaming society for getting to this point, and um, it's like like Tiss said, it's like and so what like and 
Like who's why why are we why are we blaming people for like what and what are we blaming them for? Like I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Surely if if you if you're a Christian you believe that God is more powerful than anything, right? Mm. Yeah. So what's the problem? Couldn't couldn't as a Christian couldn't you almost make the argument that putting a satanic imagery in a a fun sci-fi movie is almost like mocking Satan? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, exactly. Like you look at Yoda, especially in um Empire, like this is this is almost as if we're going down the route that Yoda's demonic in any way, but it's just not. Yeah, it's like it's nonsense. I guess so. <laughs> it's um, I mean, I was I suppose I kind of was quite fortunate, really, that it never really. I just wasn't really sheltered from from Star Wars stuff. Like, then my parents didn't. Well, not Star Wars, but it just anything. I think it's because my my parents kind of understood it's like. I, I just it's just stupid it's almost well this is the world we live in isn't it more beneficial to have knowledge of the people that are in it and yeah different people different to you but it's, this is the world we live in but i just think also if if you don't if you don't like it don't watch it yeah but also you don't have to tell everyone else that you're not watching it you just don't have to watch it yeah just don't watch it you haven't got to go online and shout at everyone who is watching it or uh, tell everyone you're not watching it just don't watch it yeah exactly just don't, just don't have anything to do with it. Then I just don't. I suppose the satanic panic. I think what it hinges on is them getting scared that culture around them that isn't religious or isn't their specific brand of religion is um, is leading the rest of the world astray. Mm-hmm. Especially um, like the neck, the, the the youth, wasn't it? Especially like the next generation. Like, oh, it's going to influence yeah. the youth and. The world is going to be doomed. Yeah, they just they, they wanted to yeah wake everyone up. It's kind of like you know the same shit with the Matrix and fucking misogynists these days, isn't it? Mm. So this is this is my argument. This is what I always come back to. If that's genuinely what you believe, because that's that's the thing now is oh, this is all because of the sixties. Because of, like everyone just had sex with whoever they wanted in the sixties. This is honestly that's the argument. I know it's embarrassing, but that is it. Really? Um, sexual revolution. That's this. Honestly, I thought you were pulling something mad out of, out of thin air. I was like, oh, weird. No, that is. <laughs> I I promise you. What you the evangelical stuff you think is a backlash to the progression that we saw in the sixties? Yeah, essentially, they're like since the sixties, it's just been on this downhill slope, um, which is yeah. obvious. People open their mind and they need closing up again. Obviously nonsense, but you just think. Were the sixties that mad? Yeah, I suppose. That the repercussions are still being like fought against. This is the thing. It's like okay, so you want to go back to the fifties and the good old days. The good old days where people where where husbands beat their wives and that was normal. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm. what was like? Oh, I want to go back to the good old days. Oh, yeah, the good old days. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where tr- women were treated like shite. But everyone always thinks the good old days were the good old days. Yeah, I get it absolutely, but it's like the thing I always come back to is like if if that's what if that's your thinking and you think the world is going to hell in a handbasket, that's the church's fault. That's not society's fault. That's our fault for for not we're clearly not doing a, a good enough job of explain. I don't know. I guess explaining the alternative. Like if if God mm. isn't exciting to people, that's that's not people's fault. That's our fault. We're obviously not doing. We're not doing a good enough job of of explaining who god is and what god's about and explaining his nature and his character like we've we've done such a terrible job of explaining god away as this angry beardy weirdo in the sky who's angry at everyone 
Isn't that who he is? Weirdo with a beardo. No wonder people aren't interested. Isn't that who he is in the Old Testament? Tis, can I have a Tis's Bible stories on your opinion of God in the Old Testament? <laughs> a beardy weirdo. Tis's Bible stories. I don't actually know a lot about God in the Old Testament, um, but I'll quote beef, weirdo of a beardo. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's beef words, not mine. I'm not so blasphemous as that. Um, no. You know. No, because that's, but that's what people think, isn't it? Um, yeah. What is weirdo of a beardo from? It's like pop culture. All of this stuff is like pop culture stuff. So, <laughs> he, he, what weird um, Just like yeah, it's where it came like, from. Something. Um, <laughs> I guess it rhymes. It doesn't need any origin, does it? it? It will be. It'll be like it'll be like um the like um just like old Renaissance paintings where people painted God, like they painted, they imagined <laughs> him. The Is that where Weirdo with a Weirdo <laughs> came from? That's what I thought you meant. Like he was, he was inscribed in an old Renaissance painting, Weirdo with a Weirdo. I was talking about the reference Weirdo with a Weirdo. where did it come from? And you said, I guess oh. it was old Renaissance paintings. <laughs> old, old Da Vinci. <laughs> da Vinci was called the Weirdo with a Weirdo. No, like the image, yeah. The Okay, sorry. So the wording, uh, I don't know. I guess I made it up. I guess I'm. Not, I don't know. Yeah, big beardy killjoy. No, I've he- I've heard it before. I'm just trying to think it. I I was going to say hot fuzz, but that's um that's a big bushy beard. <laughs> Sergeant Popwell was an exceptional officer, truly exceptional. And he had one thing you haven't got. What's that, sir? A great big bushy beard. Come on. That's that one. Big beardy killjoy is peep show. Weirdo with a beardo is on is is on Urban Dictionary. I just searched it. Oh, is it? And yeah, is there an origin? Um, Pedophile? No, there isn't really an origin. It's just something people say. Oh, I swear I saw on a TV show, but maybe. Yeah, who knows? Just one of those old expressions that people don't know where they. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a rhyme. Example: OMG, check out the weirdo with a beardo. Creepy. <laughs> is that yeah. my god <laughs> I don't know I'm not sure creepy god <laughs> um, sorry I can't tell you where that, that um, the wording comes from that's right Yeah. so I, I'm, I'm on the side of saying that um, Yoda wasn't an intentional demonic reference from George Lucas in Star Wars no of course he wasn't that's insane <laughs> fair enough okay Actually insane. So you're not panicking about Star Wars? You're absolutely right. Some some concept artist came up to him and said, uh, what about that for Yoda? And he went, oh yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, something like that. Because that's how that's how films happen, isn't it? He envisioned it as like an old, like in like old the Japanese samurai movies, sometimes you get like an old withered monk, like the powerful old who yeah. who lives in a hut in the middle of nowhere and they go to him for wisdom it was a play on that trope so they just made him green and put yes. big ears on him like it's the same imagery the alien. old like master yeah of course yeah so we're saying Yoda not demonic um I'm gonna say no Grogu I'm gonna say no 100% no no what we're saying about Grogu no none of it not demonic the, the only demonic imagery in Star Wars is like Darth Maul isn't it Wow. 
I felt like that was purposely going for some sort of demonic imagery to be like scary. But he is supposed to be scary, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He is quite scary, I guess. And and when, when Lucas was trying to get the concept types to work on it, he said something like, I want you to draw something like you would have in like something like a demonic nightmare, something like that. He what all the concept art was that's what he was telling him. That was like the um So these guys mm. are clinching onto Yoda. Look at Maul. And they're a race like look like Darth Maul. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Well, there's only one Darth Maul in when when that yeah. episode one, he there was only one you saw, but yeah, in later Star Wars media there is like his planet. Yeah, there's and more the of them, aren't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's like like babies and mothers that are not evil. Um, I mean, I'm gonna show off my my extent of my Star Wars nerdities, on. but on that planet you have like the Night Sisters. Because that's the same planet as Dathomir as Starships. The Zabrak. Uh, he has a brother as well. He has a brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real dodgy Star Wars name, but you just gotta go with it. Well, that's his Sith name, isn't it? Anyway, we're going way off track. Into <laughs> <sighs> the intricacies of um, yeah. sort of gender politics on that planet. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's Star Wars. Uh, I think we've. <laughs> A little, bit of, a little bit of um, EU or PU, so got a bit fancy chucked in there. <laughs> yeah, the Ewoks <laughs> are quite demonic. Um, <laughs> one day I will get together all the EU or PU clips and put it into like one episode and just release it on the Weird Tales feed so people can get what we're on about every time we mention it. <laughs> Genuinely a good game. Genuinely a good it game. It was a great game, yeah. <laughs> EU or PU, sir. Um, Watch this space list. Right. One day you'll get an EU or PU sir, uh, drop, and you'll be like, "What is this?" You'll enjoy it. Oh, deep joy. <laughs> so I've got uh, a little snippet. I mean, it's a thirty-five minute talk, but we're only going to do a snippet. I, was of it. Say, so, I hope we're not watching all that. <laughs> it's an evangelical Christian talking about. Well, you'll pick it up. Oh. We'll pick it up. There is something new that's come over to the United States and has actually captured the minds and the imagination of every single child. And you know what? It's not new at all. Japanese kids have been watching this thing since 1995. It started out as a cartoon, went to a comic book, they made it into a video game, went to toys, collectible card game. Now, praise God, there's even a, a movie on it. And it was started in 1995. It's not new, but it's new to kids, and they're eating it up. And it's called Pokemon. I knew it. I knew that's where it's going with it. Oh my god! It stands god. for Are you kidding me? Pocket Monster. <laughs> and it even made the cover of Time magazine. Now, the first thing I want you to notice is: Do you notice any symbol up there that you've seen before? What's the symbol? This is this is going to make me want to renounce my faith at the end of the episode, <laughs> isn't it? Like, well, the thing on the front right. of Poliwell. That, Could be. Is that what he's talking about? What am I... The swirl on his face. What am I supposed to be looking at? Sorry. The, the swirl. spiral. Yeah. And it stands for what? Nothing. Male fertility. Okay. 
Now, this thing is actually called Polywhirl, but they actually had another name for it before they renamed it. When this creature first came out, it was called Hypno. And they changed it to Polywhirl to make it a little more innocent. But you see what it actually does is it's supposed to be able to mesmerize and hypnotize its enemies. Yeah, some Pokemon do that. Oh, and you can see how off. that would happen. That starts spinning around, mm -hmm. and it's just like one of those hypn hypnotic wheels that, that they use to hypnotize. Mm -hmm. And you see up here in the top... We're going to see the, uh, the pasta quickly. Very strong mullet. Ooh. Whoa, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. It's like Kenny Powers. Yeah, that's exactly Here's a creature, an alligator-type creature over here, dragon. Kind of a funny duck-billed thing down here. And this is an interesting character over here. This character over here is called Mewtwo. Yeah. And Mewtwo looks like an alien. If you look at him real carefully, he looks like an alien. But you know, the first thing that I noticed about that thing is, when I looked at it, and I looked at those eyes... I said, you know what? That kind of looks like the things that we used to pray to inside that circle. Now, you huh? notice that he has a particular salute that he's given. And he's in this pose. Every time that you see Mewtwo, he's in this pose. Now, he has three fingers. And those three fingers are always sticking out like that. Now, he doesn't have five fingers like we do. He's not he human. has three. But if they were the three on us, they'd be this. And that doesn't mean hook them horns, doesn't mean I love you, doesn't mean one more, it means hail Satan. It's the satanic salute that all Satanists identify themselves with. Why is he saying it would be that? Why, wouldn't it, why couldn't it be that? Why couldn't it be that? He's saying if it was three fingers on us. By the way, listeners, he's saying Mewtwo's three fingers. If that was on a human hand, it would be someone giving the, the, the devil horns salute. The devil horns salute, I don't yeah. think his three fingers look like that. I think they look like that. No. Yeah. Which is more the peace sign if you want to go down that route. <laughs> it's insane. It's, that, is, it's, that is clutching it's at straws. Clutching at straws. That is, when I did my last UFO episode, I said to you, I listened to uh, a minister give his thoughts on their that abduction from the couple. I can't remember their name, the couple that were abducted in that. And I was trying to pull something out of it. It was the same like madness. He started talking about the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movie Paul and saying it was demonic or something. <laughs> Oh wow. <laughs> when he brought it up out of nowhere, I was like, what is he talking about? And then when he said, have you seen this film? It's called Paul. I was like, you fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's about an alien that smokes weed. <laughs> I can't remember the video that I saw it in, but actually I thought this is where he was going to go with it. The three fingers, some, another, um, yeah, oh God, I wish I could find the video, but uh, it was talking about Yoda. Hmm. And it was talking about the free fingers. Yeah. And apparently the free fingers that Yoda has is also a, an, a symbol of a, a demonic beast from hell. Like, I think there's a beat, I think there's a historical beast, uh, you know, in that law, which has free fingers. Um, <laughs> and it's some sort of demon, some sort of god. This is stupid. <laughs> this is making me, this is making me really cross. Like, I don't get it. I don't I don't know what to think. I have nothing in common with these people. Like I just don't understand. Well, this is, their defense can be though. They say, "Oh, so it's okay for you to sit and laugh at us with our opinions on things, but we're not allowed to criticize people whose opinions are that there is only there's more than two genders and stuff like that." Uh yeah, no, that's also bullshit. 
That's where they can. That's where they start turning around. My argument would be um, that Jesus never did this. What play Pokemon? Right. So when you read the Gospels, no, I guess not. Um, no, at no point did Jesus play Pokemon. Use this kind of <laughs> crappy accusatory tone to highlight evil or to highlight. Wasn't his whole thing like acceptance? Yeah, he spent all his time with with like the sinners of the day. Yeah. Like, that's all that you read about in the Gospels. It's all about forgiveness and acceptance, which is what these people seem yeah, to it's... lack completely. I don't get it. This is what I don't understand. Like, and this is this is what we've um, like. You you read through it. Like most of the time, when he's getting angry or getting like um, impatient with people, it's the religious leaders. It's these nutcases who are like who are questioning everything he's doing. Uh, with with like no grace at all and zero, which is I'm just I'm like, what Bible are you reading? Like, what are you reading? How 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 dare you? Like, <laughs> I don't understand why you're doing it. Like, I, I'm really struggling to understand why people do this because I don't see Jesus doing it. So if he's not doing it, why are we bothering? I don't get it. I I Stop think it. it's because those pastors have to. <laughs> make a name for themselves they have to um make themselves relevant so they're interpreting Maybe. the bible in their own way they're making it about them not the yeah and they're, they're making it about them yeah i guess so he becomes the pokemon guy well yeah and it's just like that congregation will follow his word mm. and if he's got some sort of outrage which he's picked up on and he has the answer to then he's in the you know he's in the driving seat but if he's just like oh, everything's fine and his congregation like no like you know what i mean like yeah isn't that like the least religious thing in the world though to be like make it about you when it should be about us well yeah but sadly people do it all the time i guess they're quite delusional though aren't they <laughs> i think so i think he, there, was, there was something a bit delusional about him like What's the what's that? I, I whenever I I think of a pastor in America, I think of that one who's oh god. There's a really creepy interview where they're like pressing him on and why he uses a private jet all the time, and he's like, "Yes, I do," because the guy gave me such a good price oh, on it. Um, no, you know, that's um, sounds like uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> no, I know exactly who you're talking about. He's a nut job. I don't know proper, who this proper is. Not job. Um, I don't want to say the name in case I get it wrong. It, yeah, Kenneth Copeland, his name oh, is. Oh, the name, I've heard Total that name. Total nut job. If you, if you are a Christian and you're listening to this podcast and you support that man, get off, stop listening to our podcast right just, now. I don't want anything to do with you. Removing listeners this week. Just clear out the lot of you. Can I just get a video up of Kenneth Copeland? Because I love that. Right? He was the guy that said... He was the guy that said... He was questioned, like Tiss said, why do you fly privately? Why don't you fly commercially? And he said, those people that fly in commercial jets, they have demons and they're going to jump into me. What? And I'm like, I, he's insane. He's proper, proper insane. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's just using religion like, as, a, as a catch-all to do anything you want to do in life. Yeah, cult leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah it's cult. That is he's a cult, cultic, yeah. for sure. It's terrible. He he is an absolute nutbag. 
I'm just I'm just getting the video up. I've got I've got to show you this video because it is so freaky and it's in it's in t- t- uh, it's in sort of uh, keeping with the pod because it is weird. <laughs> and I think he has got demons in him to be already. <laughs> I think he is demonic. I genuinely yeah. do think. I, he's I, demonic. I think so too. He gives me panic and he's satanic. I am listening. I'm getting a drink while I listen. How are you, sir? We'd just like to ask you about why you don't want to fly commercial. Why have you said that you won't fly commercial? You said that it's like getting into a tube with a bunch of demons. Why do you think well, that? No, no, listen to me just singing. Of course. Not the people. The main reason is because of the need. If, if I flew commercial, I'd have to stop 65% of what I'm doing. That's really the main isn't it true that you want to fly commercial so that you can fly in luxury? How much money did you pay for Tyler Perry's Gulfstream jet, for example? Well, for example, that's really none of your business, but... Isn't it the business of your donors? Listen, I paid. <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard here, okay? Certainly. Well, if you'd like to come out here, I'd like to give you a chance to to catch your breath and and have a conversation. We don't want to we don't want to catch it off guard. I love Inside Edition. You got to get this now. Hey, you listen to me. My my wife thinks Inside Edition is oh yeah. <laughs> now, thank you, Lord. Help me. Just let me let me pray. This thing. Well, let me let me just ask you a really simple question. A lot of people think it's unbecoming for a preacher to live a life of luxury and to fly around in private jets. What's your response to that? Very simple. It takes a lot of money to do what we do. No. We have brought over a hundred, let's see, this, the latest figures just came out, uh, 122 million people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Forward to the bit where he's like really weird. Cause oh, that, oh he wasn't being oh, weird. Because oh, so he's not oh. already really weird. This one. Well, my question then, well, well, okay, all right, but I want to get to the demons because people are very concerned about that comment. Give me a chance here, Inside Edition. Okay. I love your eyes. And uh, here's what happened. We flew in 21 days, 70 hours, 40,000 miles, touched five continents and preached Face to face, personally, with a hundred and twenty-five thousand people. Do you ever? Do you ever use your private jets to go visit your vacation homes, for example? Yes, I do. Okay. Again, getting back to the comment, you said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Can you explain what you meant by that, yes. that, by that term then? Just, just explain, because it's really simple. You said you didn't want to get into a, a tube with case. a bunch of demons. Absolutely what did you not mean? case. The, well, let me ask you. Do you think that let people that fly commercial are demons? You give me a chance to talk, sweetheart. I'll explain this to you. But it's a biblical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It doesn't have anything to do with people. People, I love people. Jesus loves people. But people get pushed in alcohol. 
Do you think that's a good place for a preacher to be and prepare to go preach to a lot of people? It's freaky. The bit where Uh, he's just like, don't you ever say that I did. And he starts to soften up again. It's just like, oh, God. Fucking weirdo. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's it's just bizarre. Um, I, I mean, I happen to think if it, if, um, if you, if you need a private jet to, to minister to people, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Would be the way I look at it. Because I think if Jesus was, I mean, let's face it, he would definitely fly commercial and spend time with people because that's who Jesus was. I don't. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Yeah. I'm back. I'm Are back. These... Hang on a second. Can we oh, get that on oh, the record? Back. Keith says Jesus would definitely fly commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear that while I was taking a piss. Like, I had to run back yeah. through. <laughs> Are we going to let Kenneth Copeland reply on the pod to that? Mr. Copeland, uh, he, we recently heard in a podcast, yeah. an award-winning podcast, uh, Mr. <laughs> Beef claimed that Jesus would fly commercial. Can we have a comment on this? Don't you ever say that. <laughs> he never said that. And don't say he ever said that. Jesus had his own private jet. It's just <laughs> absolute, absolute nutbag. <laughs> um yeah fucking weirdo eh? um anyway back on to satanism yeah this, this yes. episode's all over the place i'm having a good time <laughs> and one we've already spoken about before dnd it's been around since the early 70s it's played by an estimated five million people it is also the target of a group of concerned parents in the united states who call themselves bad b-a-d-d bothered about dungeons and dragons the reason they are bothered is because they believe the game has been involved in a number of murders and suicides across the United States and now in Canada. At the trial of a 14-year-old boy who admitted to strangling a young Orangeville, Ontario girl and her brother, it was revealed the accused had been playing the game for 18 months. Oh, well, that's the answer, isn't it? Dungeon master of his own group for five months. Dungeon master and dwarven sword master, hobgoblins, dwarves, elves, and havelings are some of the characters and terms used in this very complicated yes. and controversial um. game. We'll talk about the controversy <laughs> in a moment. But first, this report by Carol Jerome, who went to one of the games of the Toronto Dungeons and Dragons Club. <laughs> it's a fantasy role-playing game, and it's a refined version of the pretend games we all play as kids. The books tell how to play, describing all the kinds of characters the player can be, and the monsters that will be met on each imaginary adventure. Some players, like these boys, like to make up their own fantasy voyages. There's no board or pieces. It's all in the imagination. And you find like a book. What do you do? Daniel Green is the dungeon master who guides the play. Can I do something? Yeah, hold it. In this game, for example, Oli plays the role of a cavalier named Falinger Bandrask. Mike is a fighter, and Erwin is a paladin. The dungeon master takes them through a strange castle this time, and they must respond to each situation he describes according to their characters, all of whom have prescribed qualities of strength and wisdom, certain powers and magic. When they encounter dragons and other evils, the battle is decided by an intricate scoring system and by these special dice. You see what looks to be a beautiful house. 
I love listening to like old dogs play D and D in like the eighties. It's so wholesome. They're making out like it's demonic. It's so wholesome. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So D and D. That um, mad group that, that's parodied on Futurama. That's one of the places I know about. Um, the Satanic Panic from. There's an episode where Cuba and Dwight are like playing as a D&D and Farnsworth and Hermes like form like Dad, which is like Dads against D&D, something like that. Um, I haven't seen the episode for a long time, but yeah, it's, it's parried on Futurama as well. Isn't that the same movie that is Bender's... Bender's game. Uh, yeah, it is that one because yeah. it's all about D and D. Yeah, so it starts off as a parody of the Satanic. Yeah, because the the dice they're using is the uh, the the anti of yeah, Mum's thing. Yeah, that's it. Right? Did you ever have you ever heard of the film Mazes and Monsters? No. It was a film um, which came out in the middle of the Satanic Panic, and it's Tom Hanks as a very young man. It might have even been his first film where he's like a lead, and it's about like a group that play like D and D together. It's insane because I was like, oh, it's a film about D&D with like a young Tom Hanks. This will be fun. It's mental. Like D&D like twists his mind. He ends up like stabbing someone. It's fucking mad. It's like propaganda for satanic panic about how D&D is evil. Well, it probably, yeah, it's probably like that's what fueled it. The the satanic panic fueled that type of film. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because there was such a, a need it was almost like trying to show how evil D&D was by putting out this film. Because I was like, watch the first half, I was like, oh yeah, a bunch of like, like 80s nerds playing D&D together, this is fun. And um, when it started taking a twist of like, no, it's, it gets in your brain, it's evil, I was like, oh, it's that sort of film, it's like propaganda. Yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah. Mazes wow. and monsters. Fucking hell. Funny enough, there's a new Dungeons & Dragons film out now, have you seen that yet, Bob? Yeah, I did see it, yeah. My brother saw it and he said, actually, because he's not into that sort of stuff, he said it's actually quite good. Yeah, it, what I liked about it is it felt like a D&D campaign. Really? Like, it, it right. genuinely did. Like, it felt like they were part of, like, a, a group, a D&D group. And that it, right. there was, it was like, they even had, like, a guest character in. Like, it really felt like a D&D campaign. Like, if you've played mm. D&D, you'll, like, get the stuff that it's sort of... The references Parodying, and stuff. or not parodying, just... It was very wholesome. Like I was like, oh yeah, this feels like a D&D campaign. But you don't actually have to be familiar with D&D to enjoy it. I guess that's the thing it was trying to do though, isn't it? It was trying to... Because there isn't an actual story to D&D. They were trying to get as close as they could to D&D yeah. without you know, yeah, if, having if an actual I, story to go I from. didn't think it was like a masterpiece or anything, but it was like a pretty enjoyable like fantasy movie that felt like a D&D campaign, which is exactly what it's trying to do. Fun ex- adventure romp. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so D and D demonic? Or was it satanic? Um, no, D and D isn't satanic. <laughs> Stupid. Um, I met Rick through D and D. That's how we met Rick. He wouldn't have been on Weird Tales if it wasn't for D and D. How can you say that's demonic? <laughs> well, Rick backwards is Kerr, which is a demonic <laughs> uh, animal. Also, <laughs> of the regulars, Rick is the most skeptical, so you could almost say he's the most demonic. Yeah, demonic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rick. I clearly don't think you're demonic. Demon Rick. Wow. Demon Rick. <laughs> like the Satan. That's Rick, the first Pan I've Rick. heard tonight. It's the f- 
Oh, God. That is clutching. <laughs> I mean, this is the first I've heard tonight that people thought D&D was satanic. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with people? I don't really understand why they think it's satanic, though. They're like, oh, it's twisting kids' minds. But, like, what's it got to do with satanism? Why? How is it different? The only difference is that it takes longer to play. Are they scared of young people being creative? All D&D did, I feel, was like give more introverted people a means to be social and to be creative communally. It's just an interactive fiction. We are talking about evangelical Christians here, though. Isn't, isn't, isn't D&D just a board game that you kind of just make up as you go along, right? Essentially... It's no different to when we used to play EOE, when we used to play Star Wars role-playing game. It's that, but in a fantasy world. Yeah, exactly. So, But they'd say yeah. that by... It's kind of like a Ouija board, by extension of like you're describing these atrocities, you're inviting uh, certain demons into your life by association, almost. That's what they would say. No, they've, they've never played bullshit. a game in their life. Because there's no... It's like it's bullshit. The man never drank a duff in his life. I don't. I mean, unless you're unless you're gonna tell us in a minute, this is why I don't understand. The only and the only way I can explain it is that Tolkien was a Christian. Why is how is Lord of the Rings? It's full of orcs and it's got the same characters. Yeah, I don't get how Lord of the Rings can't be painted with the same brush. How did they miss those stuff? Have you seen the Nazgul? The Eye of Sauron, like. And Sauron, like, have you seen? There's that bit in The Hobbit where, like, Sauron is, like, crushing Gandalf to death because he's so dark, so full of darkness. It's like, how, how, how is that not? I don't understand Christians. They're the weirdest people. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like. <laughs> it's probably because, in the end, the good ones win. Yeah, but so they do in Harry Potter is the same but thing. But that's isn't all it? fantasy, isn't it? That's, that's genre tropes. In Star Wars, the good guys win, and eventually. Surely the only genre out there where the where evil wins is like horror. But even in horror movies, even that doesn't always happen. You normally get like one survivor, the final girl. Yeah, like you take like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's obviously not like that. By the way, is a really scary movie. I love the old that one, movie. The the original terrifying yeah, movie. Banging. But they still get away. Like she still gets yeah, away. Yeah, but what not is her life them, like the, after that? <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be... Back to the Star Wars one, actually. The, a talk I was listening to earlier, um, they were saying about how Darth Vader is basically a... looks like a Norse god, apparently. No, he look, he's supposed to look like an old right. samurai, like his black samurai. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to look yeah, like. Yeah, that's what I thought. But yeah, apparently, again, clutching at straws, apparently looks like a Norse god. And that's... So just because... Help me understand. So just because people think up the word goblin and imagine what a goblin looks like, and just because people think up the word giant and imagine what a giant might look like, that's demonic. Giants are in the Bible, mate. Okay, so not giants, but... um, Where are giants in the Bible? Yeah, like... Yeah, we spoke about it on Weird Tales. Goliath, wasn't he? He Goliath, yeah. He was a giant. Oh, yeah. We talked about... uh, We had some really silly... Very, very very silly episode talking about that. Goliath, (laughs) it was... Yeah, very funny. (laughs) That was funny. Don't get it. It's just anything outside of yeah. I don't know. It's just stupid, isn't it? It's kind of like um, like the Goliath and David thing. They say about all the 
you know, like there's a spate of people fighting each other in public now. Like, you know, Elon Musk is going to fight oh, Zuckerberg, right, yeah. apparently. Oh, is he? It's like David and Goliath were doing that fucking years ago. Exactly. Isn't it stupid what billionaires do? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you I mean, know what I would do yeah. if I was a billionaire? <laughs> what, like the submersible? Enjoy enjoy my time and money uh, and not tell anyone what I was doing. The, the reason not I think... And see the Titanic. I genuinely think the reason that they thought it was satanic is because of some of the words. They're like, oh, dungeon master. That sounds satanic. He's putting him in a dungeon. Yeah. No, a dungeon yeah. in that yeah, sense master. is like a dungeon in a video game. It's just a level. It's just a word. For, it's just, It's the semiotics of the game. Dungeons is a medieval... That's just a medieval prison. Yeah. What's the problem? But it doesn't necessarily mean a literal dungeon. It's just like... No. A level, like if I play Zelda and I do... I'm doing a dungeon in Zelda. It's not a dungeon. It's like a fire temple or the uh, Sky Island. It's it's just the name for a level in some in some games. Like yeah, they just mean the game. Well, they changed it to Game Master, didn't they? Eventually, GM. It just means the same thing as that. But I think some of the wording they're like, oh, Dungeon Master. That sounds satanic. He's putting everyone in his dungeon. Nah, nah. Yeah, I don't know. So no, it's not satanic. Karen playing it. Enjoy it. And the thing is, because one of these kids did go and kill someone or whatever, oh, they found out he was playing D&D. Yeah? Do you know how many people yeah. were also playing D&D that didn't go and kill someone? Yeah. By that metric, like... Yeah. Millions. You know, oh, Yorkshire puddings make people kill someone because this bloke, he ate Yorkshire pudding and then he went and killed someone. It just makes yeah, no exactly. sense. It's the same as the video games thing, like yeah. people playing Doom and it went, led them to go and kill people. It's like, it's one of the most played video games of all time. Like, who hadn't yeah. played Doom when that came out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I'm going to move on to... <laughs> because we're getting quite close to the end. Um, Honourable mentions uh, on my research. Part of it was backwards music. You know, oh, yeah. Um, what do they call yeah. it? Oh, put Backward, backwards music. Backwards masking, a, something like that. Something backward masking, that's what it's... Because a lot of famous term. bands put some of that in. I think we spoke about that a little bit. That might have been when Satanic Panic came up. They started putting it in... Because, so, as a result of the satanic panic and the sort of hysteria around backwards masking, PR companies started to realise that actually putting backwards messages in your music would get you more hits because... It, you know, it just, it did, it created, there's no such thing as bad press, I suppose. Yeah, well, exactly. In that time, people would love, like, rock and roll to be, like, anti that stuff. They want it to be, like, yeah. satanic. And yeah. It was the imagery well, Ju- Judas Priest, the Judas Priest thing was in the satanic panic, was where two kids, uh, I think they killed themselves or killed someone else, and they found a Judas Priest album in their, in their room, and then they blamed okay. Judas Priest. what else was in their room? For all so, of that. Uh, they also ate cereal. Yeah. Is cereal satanic? Well, they're cereal killers, though, aren't they? Uh- uh-huh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> wop, wop, wop. <laughs> yeah, the backwards masking thing, like, that was like, it, was, it became sort of like a gag almost. Even like joke yeah. bands, like, like Tenacious D put like backwards masking on some of their songs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they did, yeah. And, and Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, exactly. Because um, it became like a gag. It's almost laughing at how ludicrous that is. Put something like Satan Eats Cheese Whiz, he put in his, in his song. Because <laughs> right. it sounds like Satan Eats Cheese Whiz backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, Tenacious D were just saying like Hail Satan or something in some of their songs backwards and stuff like that. Just It's just like the gag of like how ludicrous is this. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I, it got to a point, yeah, where it became like they were kind of doing it because in, intentionally, you know, yes. like at, at the start it was by accident and then it was like, actually, there's something in this and we're making more money by doing it than not, so let's carry on. Um, so that's that. Well, the Beatles used to do it as well as a gag, but it wasn't demonic. They were just like... Number eight, isn't They were it? just experimenting with music is what they did. Uh, it's yeah. like that turn me on dead man, all that stuff. People thought it was yeah. clues that they were hiding clues in the music that Paul was dead and stuff like that. Turn me on dead man, that stuff. He is. Number nine, number nine, number and then it led to them putting like satanic messages in to try and be like rock and roll and then them saying them bands were demonic and then people taking the piss out of it and and so it goes mm. so yeah i wanted to touch on one of the biggest themes of the satanic panic oh um here we go before we end it um and that Buckle was in. michelle oh, what's it called michelle speak michelle remembers right which was basically a a woman who was put under regressive regression meditation or regression something um and remembered all of these old uh, ritualistic abuse situations that she was in. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is it, ringing a bell actually now. What it was, it was a pastor who was doing the, the sort of regression therapy and now um, it's been referred to as a sort of practice that can make you remember false memories. Like there were, it wasn't just this per- person like during the satanic panic. A lot of it was to do with like... um they believed that daycare workers were sacrificing children mm. uh, and, oh. and selling children off for rituals. There was an X Files episode which was about this, and it was about the, it was school teachers though were doing it to the right. students in the school. And it's like um, a lot of the kids were coming forward with accounts, and the accounts were so like they were coming up with stuff that people were like this has to be real. Mm. How would they recount this? But science now realizes that actually if you give a kid enough rope they'll tell you anything yes they can tell you some crazy shit that maybe they've not had a point of reference for it but it's still they can still recount some pretty fucked up shit yeah i'm sure you're aware of that beef already having two um (laughs) two chillins um so yeah michelle remembers was a book that came out and it um it was like a bestseller at the time, and yeah, it it was a real uh, poster child for the satanic panic because yeah, it was it was recounting a lot of uh, ritualistic abuse, and they've never come out and actually said it was uh, bullshit, but they've definitely distanced themselves from it since then. Um, but it was a bestseller at the time; it was huge. So they made that mm. made their money, whether they w- were doing it uh, intentionally or or not. I guess we'll never know. But 
um for sure it seems it seems like a lot of it was uh made up because none of it's been actually proven um right here's uh an interview that she did with oprah my next guest was used also in worshipping the devil, participated in human sacrifice rituals, rituals and cannibalism. She says her family has been involved in rituals for generations. She is currently in extensive therapy, suffers from multiple personality disorder, meaning she's blocked out many of the terrifying and painful memories of her childhood. Meet Rachel, who is also in disguise to protect her identity. You come from generations of ritualistic uh, abuse? Um, yes, my family has an extensive family tree, and they keep track of who's been involved and who hasn't been involved. And it's gone back to, like, 1700. And so you were... Right, maybe. I was born into a family that believes in this. And, and this, is a, this is, does everyone else think it's a nice Jewish family? From the outside, you appear to be a nice Jewish girl. Definitely. And you all are worshipping the devil inside the home? Right. There's other Jewish families across the country. It's not just my own family. Really? And so who knows about it? Lots of people now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talked to a police detective in the Chicago area. And several of my friends know. And I've spoke publicly before. And so well, when you were brought up in this, this kind of evilness, did you just think it was normal? Um, I've blocked out a lot of the memories I had um, because of my multiple personality disorder. But yes, I mean, it's like if you grow up with something, you think it's normal. Mm -hmm. I always thought... So what kinds of things? You don't have to give us the gory details, but what kinds of things went on in the family? Um, well, there would be rituals in which babies would be sacrificed and you would have to... You know, Who's babies. Um, there were people who um, bred babies in our family. No one would know about it. A lot of people were overweight, so you couldn't tell if they were pregnant or not. Or they would supposedly go away for a while and then come back. The other thing I want to point out: not all Jewish people sacrifice babies. I mean, no, no, it's not a very. I think we kind of know thing. that. <laughs> Just want to point that out. This is the first time I heard of any Jewish people sacrificing babies. But anyway, so yeah, you witnessed the sacrifice. Right. Um, when I was very young, I was forced to participate in that, in which I had to sacrifice an infant. And the, the purpose of sacrifice is to what? Is to bring you what? What are you sacrificing for? For power. Uh-huh. Power. So that wasn't that Michelle, actually. I think mental. that was a different interview, but that's a mm. similar... Uh, similar ilk of person. Again, don't know if it's true or not. Mm. I have um, I have heard about this and the X Files episode that I was thinking of it is really heavily based on this stuff. It's like it follows a lot of the beats. Yeah, like beat for beat a lot. It, the episode is called for listeners who want to watch it, "Die uh, Hand die verletzt," mm. uh, which uh, which means the hand that wounds, um, and it's in a, it's in series two. Mm. Nice. So yeah, I mean. There's probably heaps more stuff. Oh, there's so much, yeah. Everything they were scared of. Uh, Kiss, people thought Kiss was the knights uh, in service of Satan. Yeah, well, that's what it stands for. That's, that is what it, uh, Kiss stands for. Right. Because they Smoking were leaning gun, into then. the whole satanic thing. But like they're doing it in a pantomime way. Yeah. Do you know mm. what I mean? Fair enough. Wow, there you go. So, um, go on, Tiss, sorry. 
No, that's that. <laughs> I was trailing off. <laughs> <laughs> he was hoping you would say something. <laughs> yeah. No. Can I? Uh, can I actually make a, a book recommendation? You can. That almost. Uh, I'm certain that almost no one will actually pay attention to. But just in case anyone's interested, um, I'm reading a book which is kind of um, on topic, or it is on topic for a lot of this right now. So it's, oh, it's right. It's here. Is it the Satanic Bible? Evangel- no, no, it's called After Evangelicalism, The Path to a New Christianity by David Gushy. Um, he's an ev- evangelical Christian, as are, you know, there's lots of us around, lots of good good people around who are evangelical Christians. Um, but it's just a whole argument, basically looking at all this stuff, that, you know, that we essentially have got, we've, we've created such a bad rap for Christianity because of evangelicalism and we need a new way to need a new way to do Christianity um and he talks a lot about um need to rebrand yeah yeah basically um need to ditch it and actually he's (laughs) I mean he's an American guy so so I, I think one of his one of his chapters uh focuses on Trumpism yeah um which obviously just didn't do evangelicals any good any favors but it's like christians are really bad for like holding dear holding on to these things like really tightly but it's like well, evangelicalism was was made up that was an, a made up um system everything's like, made up at like some point it. exactly like it, it's it, yeah um but it's really interesting really good it, it, he um really drives the point home and argues it really fairly um, but it's not it's not like in a mocking way he's not writing like if you disagree with him that it's um yeah you're an idiot it's just yeah just a really really good argument for you know if we if we want to try and i don't know we need to just drop a lot of stuff basically a rebrand i suppose is probably the best way of putting it yeah what was the name of the book again it's called after evangelicalism the go. path to a new christianity there you go um it is obviously aimed at Christians, but even if you're not Christian, it's really interesting. It's got the whole history of how we like the history of evangelicalism and where did we get here? How did we get to where we are? And then he just proposes some really, some really fair things um, where we're not we're not losing who we are as Christians, but we are not totally losing our minds over D and D and frigging <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> Right, Tiss, have you do you have any more satanic panic stuff for us or are you done? I'm all good. Yeah. All done. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. it was interesting. We we got a little bit tangential, but it was fun. That's the best part. Good fun and also infuriating at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, real mixed bag. Um there we go, listeners. The next one will be my episode. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, it's wtatupod at gmail.com or you can go to the website weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com. There's links to all the stuff on there. Uh, you don't need me to to tell you all that individually. Like you, can, you can buy bonus episodes from following the link there. You can donate there. You can do whatever you want, buy T-shirts, all that stuff. It's all on the website. Yeah. Sweet. Nice. Felt like there should have been something else, but there isn't. <laughs> it's just the end of the episode, isn't it? <laughs> That's it, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Tiz, I will tell you this, right? The other mm. night, Becca was like, tell Tiz this because you'll find it really funny. I woke up from a dream where me and Beef mm. went round to your house, your parents' house. 
in mm. Milton Keynes. You were staying there because we were going to do some recording. And when we were there, your dad was there and he just kept banging on about his... Um, Listeners, this isn't a real thing. It was just in my dream. He kept banging on about his parody Kung Fu movie collection, which he kept under lock and key. <laughs> and, and you were kind of into it. You were like, yeah, yeah, these are great. And it was like Kung Fu Star Wars, Kung Fu Planet of the Apes, Kung Fu, oh like my the Kung God. Fu parody version of every film you've ever heard of. And they were, he's like, yeah, they're real collector's items. And he kept putting them on. And me and Beef were like so not into it. Like, fucking hell, we're not watching another one of these, are we? But we couldn't tell you because you were like, yeah, they're good, aren't they? And we're like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. That sounds so, amazing. Yeah, that was the fucking weird dream I had the other night. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> nice. Do you see they like they can interpret dreams nearly? Well, I don't know what they would interpret that as. Like they're talking about AI right. um, feeding AI brainwaves and then AI machine learning brainwaves and attaching it to Fort. And then, basically, I saw a video the other day uh, where it was like, um, the, it can it can tell you what was it something that you're looking at or something like this. I think it's I think it's something you're looking at. It could tell you what you were looking at at the time, um, based upon your brain waves, right? And it's like that's fucking crazy. Uh, some like, things I'm like I don't need to know. You could wake up one yeah. day. I can just live. Yeah, yeah. And be able to be have a rundown from AI of exactly what you dreamt because it will be reading but it doesn't, your brain. What you're dreaming doesn't make any sense there. It's just your brain having a bit of a fit while you're sleeping and putting things in a mad order. Yeah, totally. So but I don't need to relive just, it. It's all nonsense. I don't need to, no, but. But you can. The mad thing is that you will be able to. Yeah. Do you think that's a bit. Do you think that's too far? I just think it's unnecessary. Yeah. There are some dreams, though, that you have and you're like, and then you wake up and think, ah, yeah, let's carry on. When you have a really good, I mean, it's rare, but every now and then you wake up, you're like, oh, God, I want to be back in that dream. It's so fucking good. Usually when you're about to eat like a chocolate bar or a biscuit or something, and then you wake up and you're like, oh. (laughs) That's as exciting as the dreams get. Oh, I really wanted that, Bicky. Well, is that it? (laughs) In Tiss's world, I used to, I used to have it where I'd be like that and I'd be wake up and I'd be like, Oh, yeah, but Tess, you know in real life you can just go into your kitchen and get a biscuit. I know, but I was eating a really good one in the dream. And I'm out of biscuits in a minute. <laughs> That's why you're dreaming. I'd man. have to go to the shop. <laughs> right. If it gave me the power, if I could do that, if AI could say like, right, would you like to re-enter this dream? Then, hell yeah, that'd be well, amazing. Well, it's like what we were talking about way early on with the dreams, like making dreams what you want, isn't it? Could you do that? L- yeah. It's hard work, though, isn't it? Entering virtual worlds, but I don't know. It's all a bit mad. Yeah, I don't know. Or like, um, no, that's all like, well, Inception, I suppose, isn't it? Right, but every now and then you have like a sex dream. Don't know about you guys, but it's a thing. Um, and you yeah. can't control what happens in your sex dream, right? No. So you, in your dream, you might be shagging someone that you knew in real life. They just turned up in that dream. You got no control mm. over that. Mm. So if you. Yeah. A dipping back into that is there some some sort of something a bit scuzzy about that what the sort of uh voluntary nature of it oh uh, in my dream i was shagging that girl who walks works opposite me in the office and it was really good mm. i want to drop back into that so you're like recreating like when you had the dream initially it was accidental you couldn't control it it was a bit weird oh better not tell him about that, that was a bit weird and then but then if you could dip back into it you're like oh yeah i'm gonna drop back into that sex i was having with the, my co-worker 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it gets a bit weird, doesn't it? Because that's a, that's well, a choice. Mean, that yeah. Point. Do you think it would still be weird if, like, say, you know, you wake up and you're, you've got your dream journals that are writing away, and yeah. then Becca leans over and reads, oh, what did, what did Bob dream last night? And it's right. like, oh, and then you get a bollocking, maybe. I don't yeah, know. but that doesn't matter, does it? Because I had no control over that. Yeah, but you'd still get a bollocking, wouldn't you? But if I'm choosing to go back into it... Would you still get a bollocking? I, don't, I would get a bollocking for that. She, she doesn't no. control of my dreams. <laughs> that's the, that's surely the difference between... Is that the difference between cheating and not cheating? It's not cheating if you can't control it, but then if you choose to do it, you're consciously... I mean, in real life, can't you always choose to not do it? Yeah, in real life. There's always a way out, yeah. unless, you know, there isn't. Um, if you've got a gun to your head, in which case it's not cheating, it's rape. Yes, that's what I mean. That's what I was getting out yeah. about. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how we got into this. Anyway, <laughs> until next time, listeners. <laughs> yeah, until next time. Bye bye. See you later. Love you. <laughs> in a. In a. Nah. See ya. Bye. Love you lots. Bye. Bye. Bye 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 bye. This is a nice cheery start to the episode. Is everyone recording? Yeah. I'm recording, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Before we start, I will just tell you guys um, a story from my holiday. Cool. Um, oh, yeah. And I can put it after the credits. Which looked amazing, by the way. Uh, yeah, oh, it was lovely. So um, where we stayed was right in the middle of this old town, uh, Cotor, in Montenegro. And it's like an old walled town. It's a little bit like York, but on a on a big bay. It's beautiful. And mm. there's an apartment right in the middle of it, really peaceful, and all the adverts that said, everyone who stayed there, like, this place is so peaceful, it's amazing, right in this old old town. It was an Airbnb. So I thought, great. When we first got there, just walking to the apartment was just, like, crazy loud music blaring through the city, and it was, like, the start of their spring festival or the summer festival. And I was like, oh, well, it's going to be kind of loud tonight. But, like, got into the spirit, I just went out and partied with everyone, with locals, and walked right. around, and it was good fun. Next night incredibly loud again i'm like what's going on live music again and this was a friday we arrived so this is a saturday i was like maybe it's just saturday there's a restaurant next door they've got live band in it's fine right mm-hmm. music didn't stop till one in the morning though and i'm fucking knackered <laughs> um the third it's like night three hours past your bedtime yeah the third night music blaring again and it's loud it's fucking loud i can like sing along in my room and i'm like this is what, fucking like everywhere around no, or just because like it's, it's in. There's live music in the restaurant next door to our oh, apartment. Oh, sorry, right, right, right. Yeah, and we're up on like the third floor or something. And I can like look down. It's like down an alley, and it's on the corner down the end of the alley. And I'm like, fucking hell, man. Third night, one in the morning again. It might have even been like half one. I was like, this is a joke. I was like, but the weekend's over. It's all gonna. I can finally relax. Fourth night, it's still going. So I start shouting out the window, like, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to sleep over this guy singing. And it's a guy with a guitar and he's singing the worst fucking selection of songs I've ever heard. All these like boring, wet covers, but incredibly loud. Is it the same and guy? He's playing, yeah, and he's playing the same set every night. That's the other thing that's driving me crazy. I'm like, oh, I oh fucking hated gosh. hearing this song yesterday. No. So I go down there to the restaurant and I'm. it's just like midnight. And I'm like, who's in charge here? When waiter comes over, he's like, he, he can't speak that much English. He said, oh, I've only just started working here. I don't really know anything about it. I said, look, I'm trying to sleep. This is ridiculous. 
I can't mm. hear anything. I, I said, I just, just want, I'm here on a peaceful holiday. Oh, I'm really sorry. I said, who's in charge here? He said, one moment. And he came back with another waiter. And I said, are you in charge? He said, no, I'm just a waiter. I said, but who's in charge? And they wouldn't tell me. I'm fucking, I'm getting livid. So I get up on stage and I tell the, <laughs> no. the singer, to, I'm just like, can you just be quiet? Can you just quiet down a little bit? And then I'd go off to my room, right? <laughs> fucking half an hour later, it's half 12, it's still not stopped. So I go down there and I walk back into the room and I go, look, who's in fucking charge here in the restaurant? And the waiter comes back out to the first one and he doesn't want to tell me, obviously, because he doesn't want to like grass up the owner. But I see him, this guy, and I'm like, he's the owner. I said, who's the owner? Is it this fucker sat here? And um, the guy just starts <laughs> fucking, he like looks at me like fucking raging starts shouting and swearing at me in i think it was serbian he sat right. it looks like the serbian mafia there's five fucking massive dudes at this table and they start like he wouldn't look at me and he wouldn't speak in english and he's just shouting and abusing me whilst drinking this wine and then he throws his wine glass up in the air all five blokes like stand up and surround me and i'm like oh my fucking, god i'm like whoa guys i'm just trying to sleep this is a joke, but I don't want to get in a fight about this. And I turned around and one of them boots me up the backside and I fly out the door. <laughs> what? What? I get up and there's people eating and drinking at this restaurant outside. I stand up and I'm oh like, did you gosh. see that? Did you see that? To the waiter, I said, did you see the, the guy that right? That, do you see what happened? He said, yeah. I said, do you see the guy assault me then? He said, yeah. And then the owner leans out. He goes, call the police then. I said, all right. So I start walking away. I tap on the window where the five blokes are sitting there. I flip on the bird. And I start calling the police. Police come down. Want me to oh identify. They're like, which is the guy that kicked you? Because we can take him to the station. And I'm like, yeah. you're mad. As if I point to the one guy that hit me, the other four guys aren't going to the station with you and know exactly where I'm staying. <laughs> They'll yeah. beat the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, long story short, I didn't grass anyone up, but we did get relocated, <laughs> um, oh, which is why the second half of our holiday were in a different location. <sighs> wow. That's that is mad. insane. That's crazy. Like When, it, when like they all you... stood up, I thought, I'm going to get the shit beaten out of me. <laughs> oh, 100%. And I was like... Yeah, in, a, in an Eastern European country. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Sure. I've I've never actually got into a proper big bar fight. Maybe you scared. I'd be scared. And you don't know how you're going to react when it happens. But I was pretty. Looking back, I said to Becca, I was like, I'm pretty kind of like happy with how calm I was about it. Like, right, I'm going to get the shit being at me now. <laughs> like, um, wow. but uh, yeah, it was fine. I just got a sore ass. Wow. Oh my god. I love that he kicked you up the ass. I can't and... believe I got booted up the ass. <laughs> I was I wasn't even like I wasn't scared or upset. I was just like laughing because I couldn't believe what just happened to me. That was classic, wow. classic like cartoon getting kicked out of a bar. Yeah, kicked up the. And arse. then I had to call. I had to text our Airbnb owner, and I said, "Look, I don't know if you know this because I the bit I missed by the way that when I got really livid was when I spoke to the waiter the second time, and I said, "Look, this is no good. Is this happening tomorrow?" He said, "This is happening every night for the next four months." Wow. And I was just like, "No, no, 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 no." Wow. And I text the owner, I said, look, I don't know if you know this, but this is happening. Before This is before I got kicked. And then the yeah. next day I text her again saying, by the way, <laughs> I got kicked up the arse by the owner last night. 
And she was like, what the fuck? And she did some research. She said, she said, this is new owners. This is no good. This is, I can't have my property suddenly have being my guests being kept up all night and then getting attacked no. by the owner of the restaurant. That's insane. At least, at least they only kicked you up the arse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because do you know what came to my mind when you started talking about that? What? Like that scene in Goodfellas with like Joe yeah. Pesci <laughs> and like, that's Mate, what it was fucking like. It's, I, when they it, all I stood just, up, I was like, I can't believe what's happening. This is like the mafia. I just got this image of Joe Pesci whacking you and, and burying you in the like field. Like, Mate, I watched that film the other night and I've forgotten how scary he is in that yeah, film. Yeah, we rewatched it. I rewatched that and I rewatched Casino the week after. So I rewatched it. He's oh, pretty fucking scary film. in that as well, yeah. But I'm telling you now, that's um, that's insane. Yeah, so that was my holiday. As you were retelling that story, it was like when you watch a film and you know the ending, you know they're going to be fine, but you're watching, you're like, how are they not going to die? And I was just like, I was just like, <laughs> what's what what's happening here? Because Bob's tall telling me the story in past tense. He's okay, clearly, but the predicament yeah. sounds horrible. Yeah, so when I said the other pictures and I said, yeah, we spent half the time in this town and the other half at this like bay on the on the seafront. That's why. Right. Oh, because they relocated you. They relocated us. I was just like, that's how you guys holiday. The Airbnb owner said, like, we have another property which no one's in this week. So if you want us to move you there for your safety, we will. Yeah, get me there. Yeah. Because those guys are fucking out for my blood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad about Montenegro. I loved Montenegro. We actually, before no. that night, before that day, sorry, before I got hit by those guys... Uh, we were saying, like, this feels like the safest place I've ever been. Like, that town, Kotor, feels incredibly safe. I never felt more safe. I walked around at night, loads of little dark alleyways, but didn't feel unsafe. It was beautiful, beautiful country, really nice people. And mm. these guys were Serbian. I know there feels a lot of Serbian people going into Montenegro now, buying up property uh, because Montenegro yeah. is getting more tourists and they're taking over things. But I haven't got a bad thing to say about Serbia either because I went there and found it. Mm. lovely and the people really nice so it's just a few bad eggs that's insane what a crazy story hey all of our (laughs) 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 (la